40inbox.com here. So we got a pretty crazy uh, situation. So this person says, I got surgery last year and one of the services was out of network and nobody told me this. Now I have a big bill to pay. Hello, last year I went under surgery on my leg due to an accident. This was right when pandemic started. When I asked the hospital if it was in network, they said yes. I got surgery, paid my bills, and all good. Fast forward two months ago, I get an email for a $2,500 bill that is coming from the anesthesia company. I call them, and long story short, the hospital and the surgeon were in network, but the anesthesia wasn't. Nobody told me any of this when I signed the papers or inquired about the services at the hospital. I filed a request for reimbursement to my insurance company saying that I was not aware of this out-of-network service, but they have denied my request. I'm not sure what my next step should be. The letter they sent says I can appeal this decision, but I would like to be more informed if my case is valid, which I think it is, and what other information, proof I should provide any help is appreciated. Now, if I was in this situation, one, that's a pretty decent-sized bill, right? Now, what I would probably do is have a discussion with the hospital and basically say like, hey, you guys screwed up in this situation. I'm fine with paying a bill if I was told the bill in the beginning, but I was not told that. I was not informed any of this. So this is on you guys, right? Like this isn't a situation that falls on my shoulders. You guys quite literally lied to me, right? You guys basically committed fraud, right? So that's a pretty serious issue. And if I need to bring in a legal team to fight this, I will. Because you guys lied to me. Now that's what I would probably do, go about that way. And it's not really like a threat, but basically be like, hey, like, I asked this from the get-go. You guys told me this. Then you guys also gave me, you know, paperwork and all that. And... Had me sign. So, you know, the thing is, like, you guys told me one thing, and now it's not the case. Like, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty sketchy, right? But let's go into, like, a couple of the responses that some other people gave to see if they have anything more to add, right? So this person says, uh, the New York God. Nearly every insurance company has something called a RAP policy. RAP stands for Radiologist, Anesthesiologist, and Pathologist. If you go to an in-network hospital and use an in-network surgeon, you cannot reasonably expect to know if the RAP provider is in or out of network. When the A bill comes in, the system may automatically process it as out of network. You should not be asking for reimbursement or for an appeal. Simply call the customer service line, explain the situation, and ask for the A claim to be handled under in-network benefits. Explaining that you selected an in-network hospital and surgeon, 99 out of 100 times they will agree. If they say they do not have that policy, 
then you can move on to the next option, such as filing an appeal, reaching out to the state insurance agency, etc. But always start with the easiest and most likely to resolve option first. You know, and I completely agree with this, right? Try to go with like a simple, easy process. Be like, hey, I went through like an in-person, well, in-network hospital, in-network surgeon, right? How could I possibly have known that they were not providing an in-network anesthesiologist, right? Like that is completely unreasonable, right? And the thing is, sometimes it's actually cheaper for like insurance companies to simply just like deal with you and like just give you the benefit of the doubt because they make more money from having you be a customer long term, right? They make more money by the longer time frame that customers stay with them because it is a, you know, monthly revenue type of system or, you know, possibly a yearly type of system that you end up playing, but it's a subscription service, right? You're doing a subscription service. So the longer that you stay on the subscription, the far more money they're going to make compounded, right? So like it's, it's cheaper for them to keep you on longer term, but, you know, have like this short term cost of like, you know, losing money on this kind of like situation than having to spend the money to get a brand new customer onto their insurance company, onto a similar type of policy set, like setup to where this other person is paying pretty much the same amount of money that you are paying, right? Sometimes in these like subscription services, it's cheaper to do everything you can to maintain your current customers than to get brand new customers. So that's another way to really look about it, or look at it and like think about it because like, you know, there's going to be more options available to you. Just simply do the do to this option, and you can also basically tell them like, hey, you know, if you guys don't end up doing this, I'm going to have to consider moving to a different insurance company because the service with you guys are just not good, right? Like if you guys are completely unreasonable in this situation, then why would I want to stay with you guys any longer? Right? I'm just going to go find somebody else. I'm going to find a different company because what you guys are doing is just, it doesn't give me a good feeling and doesn't feel like I could trust you guys in the future for any future situation. So why would I keep giving you guys money every single month or whatever it is that you give them, right? Like why, why will I keep on spending like hundreds of dollars every year or thousands of dollars every year to your company for nothing, right? If you're going to give me bad service, why am I going to give you more and more money? So you can also take it to that uh, option as well. And this is probably also why the person basically says the customer service line. Because, again, you're still a customer to them, right? And it's always cheaper to keep a customer than to get a new one, right? So... It's also the same thing as like it's cheaper to like maintain an employee than hiring a brand new employee. But either way, that's probably what you should end up going about and doing in this type of situation. I mean, this is pretty much exactly what I would do in this situation or what anyone should really do in this situation. Because, look, insurance companies are not great at all anyways, but you should really focus on just trying to like make the process as easy as it is for them and for yourself but if they're not giving you good service highly consider moving on to something else right 
And not only that, you could probably still talk to the hospital, worst case scenario, and be like, hey, you guys literally didn't tell me the truth, right? You guys did not tell me that the anesthesiologist is not in my network, right? So I got hit with a massive bill because you guys did not tell me the truth, right? And you could basically tell them like, hey, I'm willing to spend money because obviously you guys did work for me and the anesthesiologist did work for me. But because you guys were not front upfront with this information, I would like a massive discount or can the hospital do something to help me out because I can't afford this because if I knew that this person was out of network, I would not have done this surgery, right? I would have not done this whole situation. And that's something that you got to really think about because, you know, hospitals and health insurance and all that kind of insurance kind of stuff gets so sticky and creepy and weird that like sometimes you just got to like really wonder, it's like, hey, what's really going on, right? But whatever it is, just do your best. Try to manage your money in a way that you can even deal with a $2,500 like emergency and it doesn't really affect you, which you could if you learned how to master your money, right? Like even if like a bad situation happens like this, if you were able to master your money, if you had a mastery of your money, this $2,500 bill would literally be nothing to you, right? It'd be basically like buying a French fry at McDonald's, right? So if you need help with mastering your money, if you get a whole bunch of debt and all that kind of stuff and you just need help and you need a super simple and easy to follow along process, regardless of the income level that you have, go down below and learn the secret to mastering your money because personal finance is not complicated. Hey, this podcast is sponsored by our personal finance courses. So if you have problems with mastering your money and you need help, go down below and learn how to master your money and this is a plan that anyone of any income level can follow. It is simple and easy to follow for any income level in any situation. And it's very straight to the point. And if you want to learn how to make money online, go down below as well. And we'll see you in future episodes.